Hello, loyal listeners. Welcome to your next dose of legal natural opium with these chemohawk sessions. I am excited to preface this episode with some ancillary observations and the disclaimer for this particular session to prepare yourself for uncontrollable laughter. Put your scalding hot Kona Java aside and try not to operate any lethal equipment as we proceed. This episode will contain no technical research, but many, many memories and anecdotal tales of jester court-worthy humor. Strap in and prepare to be audibly tickled. Wow, that sounded far more strange and unsettling than was intended. Shucks on a stick. Deal with it, potience. Take it! Unfortunately, dear potience, I know a tad more about workplace misery than workplace mirth. But this does not make my solutions, observations, and clues and urgings any less honest helpful, or hopeful. Learn from these experienced miseries and misfortunes. Learn from my miseries and misfortunes. This podcast is no haphazard coincidence, nor a drifting rant. These sessions are not an unplanned pregnancy. These are very specifically researched, organized, and tailored for you, dear audience, with the chemohawk cloth cut and falsetto fabric weaved into a healing garment. These chemohawk sessions serve to heal, figuratively, conveniently, and overtly. I am here for you, and these pointers and ridiculous tales and truthful nuggets are all meant to make you laugh hard as F-stars, and in that laughter and in these tips, you shall feel the healing. Welcome to Chapter 14, White Collar, Black Belt. On a fool's errand, laugh like a fool. Finding humor in errands for fools and broken tools. Do you sometimes feel like a thankless clown jester fool who is gesticulating, contorting your face, and telling jokes to impress your king and save your hide? Do you? I think of this classic jester named Tribule. He was the most hilarious and notorious of the jesters. He once made the mistake of slapping a king on his backside, his posterior, and the king became furious and demanded that he apologized. I'm so sorry, your majesty. I didn't recognize you. I mistook you for the queen. Well, while a funny retort, the king's wife at the time was completely off limits for any public ridicule, and the king became so incensed that he rejected his apology and ordered Tribule's death. But since the jester had served the royal family well for many years, he gave the jester Tribule an option to choose the manner in which he would be killed. Tribule responded, Good sir, I choose to die from old age. The king was so impressed with this and enamored with this response, he allowed him to live and only banished him from the community. Outsmart those who send you on fool's errands, dear audience. Outsmart your company. Outsmart your managers. Maybe you'll get to live. A quick shout out to Brother Flint, brother to Red Devil, engineer and lover of Texas Steer Barbecue. You know who you are, Brother Flint. I appreciate your consistent listening to these sessions, and I hope these offer a scintilla of guidance on assisting you in your decision on should I stay or should I go at your current workplace. In honor of you, Brother Flint, I will give a quote from that stellar pirate show, Black Sails, with your lookalike. When you sport your goatee, of course, Captain Flint, the star of that Stars series. 
A captain comes to Nassau to make an arrest. Do you have gossip here in Nassau? I've pondered if it can survive in so remote a location. You see, gossip is what holds civilization together. It reinforces shame. And without shame, the world is a very dangerous place. We are not all unique snowflakes, audience. And we are not all worthy of a trophy, nor a posted slash published accolade. That is why I make comments in the negative about some managers and colleagues I had the displeasure of working with. I am trying to keep them honest. Just because they achieved the rank of manager at my former company doesn't make them Yoda. I promised you candor, and come Hellfire or F-Star's title water, candor is what you will hear. P.S what I like to call a procrastinated statement. Hell or High Water is one of the five best films made in the last seven years. Indubitably. Seriously, folks, I speak truth, and sometimes that extends to making honest, unforgiving statements about lacking managers and a failing WCC. Here's a quote. Mama and I would go to a funeral, and she'd stand up to read the dead person's eulogy. She made the ignorant and ugly sound like scholars and movie stars. Turn the mean and evil into saints and angels. She knew what people had meant to be in their hearts, not what the world had forced them to become. She knew the ways in which working too hard for paltry wages could turn you mean and cold, could kill that thing that made you laugh. Henry Louis Gates Laughter is magical in its medicinal properties, falsetto prophet. Oh, we are going to laugh today. I was having a real disconcerting day a long time ago. I was handling claims and I was asked to take a claim 90 miles or so from where I presently was to capture two or three rinky-dink photos the bumbling building adjuster before me missed. I was peeved beyond polite discourse as I had a S-stars of shiz to accomplish that day. And your digital paperwork is hard to complete whilst driving. As it became clear my WCC was not concerned about my time or my time management, I decided to steal some time for me. I waltzed into a Starbucks. As you remember, dear listeners, I worked for a Starbucks for years. So ordering was second F-star's nature. And then this transpired. So I'm ordering a, a dirty chai latte. And so if ever you order a chai, a dirty chai is a, a chai beverage with one shot of espresso. That espresso makes it dirty. A double dirty chai is when you have two shots of espresso in your chai. I was explaining my order to this wet-behind-the-ears neophyte who was working there at the register, and he was struggling. This blonde gal that was standing in the corner refilling the beans in the hopper of the espresso machine, she chimed in and helped this guy out. She's like, okay, he asked for a dirty chai. He wants one shot. If it was a double dirty chai, that would be two shots. And if he wants three shots, well, we call that the JFK. <laughs> I laugh so hard. That girl may not have been the most attractive drink of water, but that joke alone, that qualifies as marriage material in a comedic sense. I struggled as I took my dirty chai and left. Man, that girl, does she have other jokes to that caliber, or was that her one-hit wonder? But man, three shots, JFK, bam, bam, boom. That is that is hilarious. It was able to incorporate a bloody death. It was It was fantastic. You will be asked, to perform asinine feats at work. Some of it is due to window dressing. Some of it is to placate some riled up politically correct agenda. Sometimes it is to mask your own manager's laziness or disinterest 
and performing their job properly, so they expect you to pick up their slack. Regardless of the motivation, remember, that is what you are being paid for. You are not simply there to perform your bullet point job functions. Like our country's constitution, your job description is similar to the idea of a breathing constitution or elastic in nature. For example, with our own constitution, society evolves, technology evolves. As that is generally seen as a good thing, our laws should reflect that evolution. So even in our constitution, there is wiggle room by way of amendment or the necessary and proper clause to make changes. For example, we were promised an army and a navy, yet we also have an air force. How do you think that came to pass? It wasn't easy, but as part of the necessary and proper clause, we were able to get an air force. Things change, and you may have a very strict job description, but if you plan on staying at your company for longer than a summer job, you're going to need to do what your manager asks of you. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't make it benefit you at a later time, but you're going to be sent on many fool's errands, and you're going to be asked things that you know do not fit in the purview or the umbrella of your job description, but you're just going to have to take those licks. I know I've spoken before about making sure that you get properly compensated for doing extra work, and we will talk about that a little bit later here. But just know that you can't play the game of this isn't my job description or I know my rights. You can't play that game every 15 minutes at work. Remember, it's not just a job. It's a F-Stars adventure. That was Lieutenant Ray Garcia from the great movie The Rookie with Clint Eastwood and Charlie Sheen. Is it an adventure audience? As you type away at your virtual workstation, holding your lemonade in your bladder for longer than you should, because you do not want to disrupt your workplace flow, I say F-stars that. Use your bathroom, audience. Use it. As amusing as it is to use your company's healthcare provider to pay for your UTIs and bladder issues, I suggest you get them back in a healthier way, a daily way, and you take time for yourself and pee until your heart is content your bladder will thank you. This is probably not a problem for Lambro. My my guy Lambro, he spent more time in the restroom than the bathroom tile. While we are on the topic of walking away from your workstation, those dutiful loyal minions to your corporate patriarch and matriarch, just remember what happened to the Joker's dutiful loyal minion Bob in the original Batman with Michael Keaton. The Joker shot him dead for no discernible reason. So Bob died. Now, are you Bob? Nope. But if you do not take frequent lavatory excursions and walk around your building or get some vitamin D outside because you are in the WCZ or white collar zone, you will die all right, but slower. A daily death. You may get cancer. I sure did. And unless you are surrounded by Irish lucky charm luck oodles of love or some mystical property that prevents you from losing your mohawk follicles, well, work may very well kill you. Don't let it. Side note, as far as the original Batman with Michael Keaton, did you know that audiences originally were shaming the S-stars out of Warner Brothers and Michael Keaton and Tim Burton because the audience's palette rejected the idea of having him be Batman, this former comedy erratic actor from Mr. Mom? Oh, but they were eating their words after his portrayal of Batman, Everyone shut up and said, wow, he actually made a fantastic Batman. So I apologize, Mr. Keaton, that you were subjected to that. Okay, audience, laugh. There was a guy I met at work. His initials are BB, so we'll call him BB. 
This is what I call the BB story. This guy was a great worker, strong work ethic, honest as they come, but sometimes he can let things slip out of his mouth. They call it diarrhea of the mouth. Well, he was walking into the old office and the front desk lady said, he asked if the coffee was available and she said, yes, the coffee is available and it's very strong today. So there he is. He's prepping his coffee. He's pouring his coffee. When a manager at the time, a female manager came in and he knew the manager. They, they'd worked together for a few years and he was already kind of known as a jokester. He just, while pouring his coffee, she asked him how his day was or how the coffee was or something like that. And he just looked up and kind of smirked and said, I like my Java like I like my women. Strong, hot, a bit bitter, and black. Yeah, maybe I should not have said that. He told me later. He he thought he was going to lose his job, but he's like, you know, falsetto, you asked me about something that I've said before that I regretted, and, and that's it. But he could laugh at himself. Those who can laugh at themselves and who know themselves and who take stressful situations in stride, like when being asked to go on a fool's errand at work or when their flipping technology doesn't work and they're stranded in the field with no laptop, if you can take those stressful situations in stride like my man BB can, then you'll live longer, you'll live healthier, and you can be a treat to work with. They also find the energy to stay the course and prove the victor in any vituperations they have to endure from customers or sometimes management. Oh, I liked BB instantly, and we were, we were instantaneous friends. He possessed a quality that is harder to locate than an ugly kitten, trustworthiness. He was extremely trustworthy. Now, when it comes to your company technology, I think of Al Swearingen with this quote, in life, you have to do a lot of things you don't effing want to do. Many times, that is what life is, one vile F-star's task after another. But don't get aggravated. Then, the enemy has you by the short hairs. Albert Swearingen. Do not get aggravated, J-Dog, Lambro. I'm talking to you. I was also talking to myself. Technological woes. We all suffer them, dear listeners. Hot swaps, they used to call them with laptops. And your laptop was just the beginning. The software and fundamental business programs sustain weekly setbacks. The company technology often sucked donkey nuggets. Not to mention the new technologies implemented when I was a field adjuster that let us down like our promiscuous prom date on prom night. Do not let technology fail you. Keep a side pocket of some analog things. OneNote, Excel, whatever programs you can still jot down notes and data when, that you don't necessarily need the internet. And save to paste into the lamented program when it is operational again. Also, don't be that Pinkerton we had in our office that would see a breakdown as an opportunity to Skype everyone. Hey, Falsetto, is it working yet? Hey, I know it has been five seconds, but how about now? How about now? Screw that. That is a gifted excuse for you to leave on a long walk, drain the lemonade, watch a Deadwood episode on a streaming service, or participate in a prison yard workout in your living room of push-ups, burpees, and suicides while you wait. Laugh, audience, laugh. Technology don't work. Of course it does not work. Here's a primo nugget example for you. We had this manager, manager, manager getting a high salary. We'll call him Eric Ball. He was always pushing technology on us and how he would step up on a soapbox and soapbox it up. He took it as a personal affront if anyone was not using the technology in the manner or to the volume in which he wanted it used. There we were. We had a property meeting in the office. The meeting was in front of about 110 people. So many people, in fact, the chairs were inadequate 
and many were standing in the back like it was a pep rally. Eric Ball, he was so eager, like an antisocial dweeb child with a freshly found hamster in hand, to perform a trial of this dictaphone technology for labeling pictures through our cell phone on our field inspections. There was a colleague of mine, his name for purposes of this anonymous podcast, Donnie Boyles. So Donnie Boyles was sitting in the front row of, and remember, this room has 110 warm bodies. It's a small room. Old Eric Ball standing up there. There's the projector screen behind him. Whatever he is saying, someone is taking notes behind him for purposes of this technology. Old Eric Ball holds the iPhone close to his mouth to impress us with the sharp skills of the mic and the dictaphone diction deciphering abilities. He states clearly and distinctly into the mic as a prompt types what registers into the software behind him on the projector screen. He says, because Mr. Donnie Boyles is sitting right in front of him, so he's an easy target. He says into the mic, Donnie Boyles is kind and a real gentleman. Guess what's typed behind him? What registered in that dictaphone? It said up on the screen behind him with his back to the projector, Donnie Boyles behind services gentlemen. I S-stars you not, dear audience. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Ball, for adding color and clarity to both topics of this episode. Busted up, broke A-stars technology, and giving us the fodder to laugh like a loon. A loon and F-stars jester. Thank you. The crowd went up in raucous laughter. He was beyond disconcerted. He finally turned around and saw what the dictaphone transferred. His face got more red than a drunk leprechaun at the height of his rage. It was beautiful. Laugh, dear audience. Fools, errands, and broken tools. There we were in the office, and we already had been given laptops so that we could work virtually one day a week. And for whatever reason, I noticed that about 7 o'clock in the morning, the water pressure was so low that I could not flush a toilet at work, and the sinks would not even give you enough water to wash your hands. So something was wrong with the water pressure in our building. I mean, in the words of Cousin Eddie from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Merry Christmas! S-Stars was full! I mean, you flushed. The water don't work. Okay, that's, that's an issue in a building that has over a thousand people. Well, it's early still, so we have supervisors in our building, but we don't necessarily have like old tadpole. We don't have a manager, manager, manager in the building. We just have mostly staff, some clerical staff, and some supervisors. Well, it is politely brought to the supervisor's attentions that when you sit on the toilet and flush, the material doesn't leave. The material stays. And then you feel gross, so you try to wash your hands, but you can't wash your hands because there's no water. They spent about 45 minutes to an hour and a half buzzing around, talking to each other, trying to figure out what to do. So what was the classic advice from the philosopher supervisor when asked about going to the bathroom? Well, um, why don't you just head down the road to that nearby gas station that's also serving as a McDonald's if you need to use the restroom and then come back? Are you effing kidding me? Let us go home. We have laptops. We're able to work virtually. This is exactly why we have a virtual option. Nope, they waited until a manager, manager, manager like old Tadpole came in then they beelined it for his office and got on their hands and knees and begged for him to give them direction on how to proceed accordingly. And then finally, about 15 minutes after that, the manager, manager, manager comes over and says, 
go home, work from home for the rest of the day, and then looked at the supervisors like they should have been able to make that decision themselves. But remember, they're M&Ms. They're middle managers. They ain't got no power. If that office is on fire, they've got to consult with the manager manager before grabbing an extinguisher. It is pathetic. Laugh and vent, audience. Whenever I was having a bad day, I mean a really dark day, I would call my buddy Tom. And I knew that no matter how bad or inconsolable of a day I was having, Tom was further down in the doldrums than I. So I would call him and within 30 seconds, I instantly felt better. On a particularly rare day, I was having a a rough one and I called him and I asked, Hey Tom, how's it going today? Without breaking a sweat, he said, Well, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to chunk this F-Stars laptop out the window and say F-Stars this company. Oh, he could always make me laugh. He would actually be fired later on in life for a reason that I will not get into, but it was crazy. Now, this does not need to be a wellness check, dear listeners. Just surround yourself with some positive, like-minded, down-to-earth people that laugh with you and who you can bull stars with. Blowing off workplace steam. Crucial. I recommend you drink potience, not in a self-destructive Nicolas Cage kind of way in Leaving Las Vegas, although he did win the Academy Award for his portrayal of an alcoholic, but his character did not live an enviable life. And don't shame yourself like Meredith in the adored sitcom The Office, but do drink to blow off steam or to celebrate the merits of the day, any wondrous feats you may have participated in. Albert Swearingen and Deadwood talking to A.W. Merrick, who was basically the local newspaper reporter in Deadwood. Drink that F-Star's second shot, Merrick! Merrick, back to Al. I like my effing liquor, Al. Al, back to Merrick. A trade in you that gave me early hope. Between you and me, audience, I don't trust a person who doesn't drink. That level of purity frightens even me. And remember, back in Puritan days... The communities constructed a tavern before they built their church. Do you know why they call them spirits? Because back in the day, when people would imbibe over much, they would dance, frolic, and display foolish, raucous truths, and instigate general debauchery. People thought they were possessed by spirits, by spiritual devil magic. Spirits, the name stuck. Another laughable tale, there was a guy working who was the head of SIU in the department that I was interested in. SIU was ultimately what I wanted for myself, but after getting to know more about what they did, I steered clear. We'll call him Ike Ito, but Ike Ito was the head of SIU, and I was trying to buddy up with the guys because I thought he might be my boss one day, but I did not think this guy liked me. I mean, time and time again, I would go into his office, I would make small talk with him. He was always walking away from my attempts at quips. He would always give me this sinky, dinky, stink eye, and he never laughed at my jokes, ever. I would just, I was dying. I was dying. And then one day, a couple of months later, just when I had about gone into his office for the last time, because I thought he had a no smoking sign up, but instead of a cigarette, it was my beautiful face, he started talking to me, telling me a story about shingles and some damage that he sustained at his house. And he said with a straight face, do you suffer from butt rot? Excuse me? Um, Mr. Ito, what do you... What are you implying? Well, you know, butt rot, it's like when you're looking at the shingles, it is called the butt of the shingle at the bottom before the next shingle lays over it. And shingles rot, especially these wood shakes that you have in Texas. So I just wondered if you ever had a case of butt rot on any of your inspections. And then he kept staring at me and I stared at him and then he laughed. First time I'd seen that man laugh in two months. Totally caught off guard. I didn't know how to respond. I just kind of snickered and left. He retired shortly thereafter, but man, he got me with that butt rot joke. Did not see it coming. Take walks 
when the tools break, or the errands for fools your patience break. Here's a quote from Harry Houdini. No prison can hold me. No hand or leg irons or steel locks can shackle me. No ropes or chains can keep me from my freedom. Take your breaks, use the restroom, and go on lengthy walks, audience. Your computer system and all of the internal company programs will break down frequently. See those as gifted opportunities to leave your workstation. Laugh, audience. We're going to talk about the value of laughter right here, right F-Stars now. Another shout out to a guy I know, Archangel, that's his name. You know, it's funny, you look at, you think of the Archangel Michael, and you think that just based on his name, and that he's a, a soldier of the Lord's fury, that he would be vicious and terrifying looking. But when you look at pictures of the Archangel Michael, he just looks like a little pale cherub. Looks like a little baby with wings. It's it's hilarious. But I used to play video games with Archangel, and there was a game where it was like military tactics. You could shoot guns, you could drive around in Humvees, and of course you could fly in a select inventory of aircraft. So this was shortly after the Kobe Bryant death, RIP. And we were flying around in the helicopter, and he was on the roof, and I was... I started trying to use the helicopter as a weapon to crash into him and like hit him with the propeller blades. And without even thinking about it, the words just slipped out of our mouths. It's like, I'm going to Kobe you. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe beef. Hey, how do you like your Kobe beef? Do you like it well done? I like it burnt to a crisp. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe beef. He's laughing. I'm laughing. We're crying. It's hysterical. We're getting, we're working on our eight packs. And I got to tell you, from that moment, it was like, well, is this too soon? I mean, there was this tragedy, but here we are. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe beef. Well done. Extra crispy trying to kill you on the roof with a helicopter. The point is, you got to laugh. It is one of life's requisite but flexible pathways to long life success. That also applies to cancer. If you get bent out of unrecognizable shape because of uncouth comments or ill-timed and ill-conceived rejoinders, anecdotes, or humorous underpinnings, then you are a slave to goading gossip, lewd locution, and uncouth utterances. Laugh it the F-stars off. It behooves you to be the master of laughter and language and not be language's puppeteer slave. Do not let words define or malign you. Laughter, audience. Laughter is key. Laugh like a loon. Do not feel bad. Do not be inconsolable at the knowledge that you are sometimes made to be a fool. You are sometimes sent on fool's errands at work. You are a PST, professional shiz taker. And that is what you are being paid for. A quote about being a fool. If a fool persists in his folly, he becomes wise. William Blake. As far as broken, busted up, deficient, and rickety equipment goes, here's a quote, author unknown. If computers get too powerful, we can organize them into committees. That'll do them in. Wow, that really brings it full F-star circle, don't it, dear audience? Thank you for your looming laughter. It is the best natural legal opium for you, dear audience. While you are laughing, so too are you unwinding the daily tenacious grinding. I truly appreciate the opportunity to allow you to do just that. Be kind, unwind. Tune in for your next Chemohawk session, chapter 15, White Collar, Black Belt, Buzzsaw Words Redux. That is right. We will be continuing with the second part of our very first episode together while we continue ringing that soppy towel of buzzsaw words until it is two drops short of bone dry. Tune in soon. Falsetto out.